Sis, welcome back to Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Hey Aisha, and this podcast is an exploration of sisterhood. We examine the peaks and valleys of sisterhood, and we're just taking a journey through this thing, this ship, relationship that has meant so much to so many of us, and also taking the time to welcome those who felt left out of sisterhood into sisterhood. This week, we're going to hop into a whole nother layer of conversation. And I wanted to do it from both a personal perspective, but also a clinical and medical perspective. So the professionals are in the building, y'all. Yes. Okay. We have Myra and Danica from the Black Women's Healing Podcast. And if you listened to the bonus episode last week, you know, I absolutely adore them and I love what they're doing. They are marriage and family therapists, licensed marriage and family therapist, psychologist. And we have Dr. Faye Fear. She is a psychiatrist, a medical doctor, and she um, also helps people through mental health traumas and struggles, among many, many other things. I wanted to get Myra, Danica, and Dr. Fear's perspective from a personal viewpoint, their own experiences in sisterhood, but I also wanted to get their clinical practitioner perspectives in navigating the peaks and valleys, the highs and lows of interpersonal relationships and overcoming challenges in interpersonal trauma. You know, those catastrophic, we ain't friends no more, these Molly and Issa type moments, right? I wanted to reach out to these queens and get their overall perspective. And I pray that their perspective does something great for you today. We are definitely gonna dive into conversation with them and get their viewpoints, but y'all know what it is. First, we have to hear about the feature business of the day. I thank you for listening. And after these messages, we will be right back. Today's feature business is Sacred Skin Therapy. Handmade, vegan, and cruelty-free skincare. This brand is owned by two sisters, and they've literally done everything together. So why not help people overcome their skin problems together? Their business is new, but their passion for helping women feel great and loving themselves and feeling beautiful is not new. They launched a new product line and let's take a listen to some of the names. Cajon Smoke Body Scrub, Malibu Sunset Body Scrub, Melrose Rose Serum. If you're from California, you already know what time it is. They are paying homage to cities and streets from Los Angeles to the Inland Empire. This Dallas-based business is made by California girls who are helping us cure our skin issues one product at a time sacredskintherapy.online and you can follow them online at sacredskintherapyca and if you're in the inland empire you can actually work personally with the double cleanse diva at her esthetician suite and salon so make sure you follow this business so that you can connect with them 
and find out more about their products and support their business, okay? Congratulations, Tamisha and Santrese. I wish you all the best. And now, let's get back to the show. Yes, Sacred Skin Therapy. And we are about to dive right back into our show with our experts. And they are experts. They have studied for a very, very long time. They have helped so many people. I'm so proud of them. And I can't wait for you to hear about them. I am going to remind you, while these beautiful queens are experts and clinicians, they are not your expert and clinician. And so you should follow up with your own people and get personalized experience. Sorry for the long disclaimer, but you know, I just had to put it out there just in case. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. So when we first started this conversation, you're going to peek into our conversation that we had. I asked them to introduce themselves and then share their personal experiences in sisterhood. Hi y'all, my name is Danica, Danica Brown, and I am 27 years old, originally from Louisville, Kentucky. I currently reside in Inglewood, California. And my ideal and my thoughts of sisterhood is that it's super, super crucial to especially black women and being able to heal and being able to move forward and being able to understand yourself. And I think sisterhood just really promotes community and understanding that we're, we're never really alone. I am Myra, I am from Inglewood, California. And I currently reside in San Diego. Uh, when I think about sisterhood, I think about community and connection. And I think sisterhoods are, you know, that's a broader picture, but I think that there are smaller little inklings of sisterhood based on whatever interests that you all might share, whatever career, you can have a career and there's a sisterhood in that. I think that there's um, subsets, I guess would be the word within sisterhood also, but we'll probably go in more into that later on. Dr. Faye Fears, I am 29 years old and I'm currently in psychiatry residency in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I think, you know, my experiences with sisterhood have overall just been amazing. I've always had a really, I'm a person who keeps like a small circle and I've tended to always had that small circle be mostly women or, you know, mostly girls when I was younger. Um, and based on where I grew up and the people that I sought out, they've honestly mostly been black women. And I think it's just been very helpful to have a circle that can understand the perspective that I don't have to, you know, go into the nitty gritty. Like when I say, oh, you know, this woman, she commented and she was like, I love your nails. And my friend can say, did she say the next thing was they go so well with your skin tone? <laughs> that kind of thing, I think, is is why sisterhood has been so important for me to just have that community that can validate your experience and, and also support you through the things you're going through. We made it through the first act. And now that you've heard from our guests in their own words, let's jump right into it. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the introduction. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and always being open to being a guest and supporting us. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. I'm also doing well. I'm so glad that you guys are doing well. I want to ask you to go in, for those who want to, go in a little bit more about your personal experiences in sisterhood. Myra, Danica, let me know. 
Well, I'll start off and say that I don't have any sisters. So for me, I think navigating sisterhood has been interesting because um, trying to figure out like, who do I feel connected to? Who do I trust? I mean, like I said, I don't have sisters. Basically grew up only child, um, not that close to my mom. So navigating that has been interesting. I think that if I'm thinking back to, you know, when I was a kid, um, I kind of struggled in those relationships because I was kind of bossy um, and not really knowing what does this relationship look like where it's reciprocal. And I think that as I've gotten older, I'm thankful for the people that I do um, call sisters because I found that, you know, I've been able to take that bossiness and use it where it makes sense. So whether that be like helping friends out, figuring out how we're going to navigate things together. Um, I think that overall, my journey has been really interesting. And when I mention the subsets within sisterhood, I think about, you know, the people that I consider my sisters within the mental health field, the people I consider my sisters in other areas, whether it be like academia. Um, so again, I think it's just been interesting overall. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Myra saying in a lot of ways, just trying to figure out. For me, I did have a sister and I have a host of cousins who I consider sisters too. Um, so I grew up being around like sister figures and it was helpful for me understanding the fact that there's most definitely um you know there's times where it's not always good where it's most definitely been different like points in my relationships with my cousins and my sisters where we may be closer or sometimes where we may not be as close um just depending on like the different transitions of our lives um so for me just really like I've always had women uh around me uh even my friends like I've always been really close with my friends growing up uh but I think growing up with that, just understanding that it may not always stay the same. In sisterhood, in like any relationship, they change. And um, I know Myra kind of hit on it earlier about kind of like these little sub categories of sisterhood of like our these sisterhood is meant for different things at different times. That's kind of how I took it. And so my personal experience basically though with sisterhood has been, it's been great. Like I said, it's been crucial for my survival. Now, before I had kind of asked about trauma in sisterhood, I have my own idea as to what I think causes it and why people like to say things like, I don't really mess with females. Can you ladies go into that a little bit more? Give me your perspective. Yeah, this is this one right here. Uh, it could be, it's, it could be a, a host of different things, but my guess is that a lot of times it starts from our individual experiences. And so a lot of times we'll say like parents, right? It starts with the mother. I would go to add on that it starts with like any women in our lives as, as children. I, I immediately went to like when I was younger, um, most of the, the out loud uh, judgments that I got were from women. Um, you know, I remember like anything and most of the bad experience, which sounds so bad, but it's true. Like it could be, Oh, that's too tight. Or look at your hair, get your hair together. Um, or even I remember being a kid and one of my uh, cousin's grandmother told me that I think that I'm too smart because I was doing my homework. Um, so like those types of experiences then can easily make you be like, uh, I don't want to be around women. I don't want, they don't like me, you know, even though in some ways they could just be trying to help us, right? They don't, they may not know how to communicate it. Meaning if a black woman or a woman is telling you to uh, get your hair done and saying she wants you to look nice, right? It could, that's could, that's what it could be. But as a child, sometimes we may not understand that. Or that woman may be just saying it to you in a nasty way too, on purpose, uh, because of their experiences with women. So I think that it really is based off of our individual experiences that we've had 
with women um and you know versus the if you didn't get those positive ones too um like so yeah i've had some negative ones but i've also had a lot of positive ones and i think that's kind of really helped me to understand that um like these sisterhoods are important to me and that like i don't just i don't want to hang out with you know women uh our females i've never had that mentality um but yeah i, I understand how someone could have it though. I completely agree. And if I can add to that, what I would say is those experiences that I have had um, with women making some of those statements are feeling those ways have been a mirror to themselves and how they portray themselves with other women. Because I feel like oftentimes what we do to others that is negative is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. I don't know that that's always true, but that is oftentimes true. And I feel like that can be the same thing, but it can be rooted in the fact of how you've come up. So that could be what you've seen on TV, what you've heard in songs. I mean, now we got to think about what we're seeing on social media. So I think that we're in taking these things and we're believing them to be true and oftentimes acting towards others in the certain in, in that same way of what we're being fed. Yeah, I was just thinking like, just uh, like thinking about that, because I know I was saying like women but really, it's not just women. It's, you know, it's patriarchy. Like, even men are being taught that women are not, you know, like, have these negative traits, too. So, really, like Myra was saying, it's really in what we're seeing and what we're hearing. It's not just from women. It's from everybody, from every level. Myra, Tanika, you definitely giving me some food for thought. I was thinking of the trauma being more centered in personal experiences and betrayals and friendship. And I'm sure that's a part of it. But you've provided a whole deeper layer of how this even starts sooner than that and maybe even contributes to some of the attitudes and opinions that others may hold about the um, other women that they experience or come across and how that might also contribute to some of the catastrophes that they experience when trying to form these relationships. Now, Dr. Faye, I want to hear your take on this. Um, what do you think about this? Have you have you considered this at all? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, in the second episode, you talked to someone who felt like they hadn't, you know, really, if they could say they had experienced sisterhood or, you know, if they did have some experiences, they they weren't good ones. And I think it's important to to acknowledge that and that, you know, the relationships we're seeking have to be healthy ones. And, you know, what of why you know those relationships weren't good ones that were supportive was it because um of like things like being in competition which i think is something that i personally have noticed um, has impacted sisterhood when things didn't work out sometimes it's, it's been you know i think women are often in spaces where one you're in the minority and two there's a sense that, you know, there's not room for a lot of different perspectives. Like if we're going to have women in this space, they need to be like this. And so feeling like there's a sense of competition between the women you're around or that, you know, you can't be a woman and yourself. You've got to fit a certain kind of mold to fit in, I think is what kind of damages sisterhoods and, and really means, you know, for me, I don't even know if I would call it sisterhood if it's not something that's validating and supportive. I would just say that those are bad relationships. I think, you know, if there is sisterhood, it's because those relationships are supportive and healthy. Um, and I think sometimes the environment you meet people in really just sets you up for not having those kinds of relationships. I'm ready to do the poetry snaps because 
again, the nuance that you ladies just provided to me, I really thought I knew the motivation, the energy, the hurt behind, I don't really mess with females. And just when you think you know something, you find out you don't know nothing, right? I'm excited for all that you guys shared and I know people are listening, like you're excited for like all of this hurt and this rejection. I'm excited because these ladies just gave me other perspectives to consider and other things to explore. And if you're listening to this and you could relate to some of the reasons that they just shared for feeling left out of sisterhood or feeling like you can't form bonds with women, please, you know, my contact information, my email, my uh, show phone number. It's in the show notes. Reach out to me and give me your perspective because I would love to hear it and I would love to have you on the show. I'm going to have to do some extra episodes on some of these things that y'all done brought up in here. <laughs> so what do you say? I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to kind of go off script here for a second. Let me, let me pull up a scenario. Somebody actually sent me a scenario and it happened to them and they told me that I could share it um, on my podcast. So I'm gonna share it with y'all since I have you guys here and let me just read it. So she says, I didn't get a chance to get my experience back with you in time, but a so-called friend who I considered a friend stopped calling once I told her I was getting married. This girl and I talked we worked together, we ate lunch together nearly every day for years. And she later apologized two years later. Yes, two years later and told me the reason why she distanced herself was because she saw that I was happy and she was not. We never regained our friendship since that day. So number one, has anything like this ever happened to you guys? And number two, like, I want your, like, if, if these people were your friends, like, what would you tell them? Or if they were your, your clients, what would you tell them? Yeah, I guess I don't know if I've ever, I was not aware that I was in a situation like this if it didn't happen. So maybe, you know, maybe this is something that happened to me and I just didn't know about it. Um, but I think I would really want to know more from her about what it was about you getting married that made her pull back. Was this like a, really there was a kind of envy in herself that she noticed where, you know, I don't know if she was in a relationship at the time, but did she feel like, you had something that she wanted and, and she pulled back because of that sense. And I'm sure she didn't like that feeling if that's what was going on, that she felt kind of envious or jealous of the relationship. I think too, sometimes people when they have a friend and like either they, they get close to a significant other or they get married, um, people get concerned that the other person won't have time for them anymore or like, Oh, you know, my married friends, they only want to hang out with other couples or, you know, all of a sudden they don't have time for their other relationships. And so I wonder if maybe she pulled back um, because she was afraid that was the kind of thing that was going to happen. Um, and I think when, it, and in terms of like, how do you go forward? How do you repair those relationships? I think it all just, I think it all depends. And, you know, I'm a psychiatrist, so I, I believe that everybody can change um, and everybody can kind of make positive growth. So if it's something where you're like, well, this was a person who who was a really positive influence in my life um, and I, I want that influence back, then I think it's it's worth saying like, you know, hey, I found it very hurtful 
and, and having her have time to say like, this is, you know, the reasons why, and then just saying, seeing if you could move forward past that. And it, it takes probably rebuilding the relationship again, because it was a hurtful thing and you've got to build back in the trust and the relationship. Um, you can't kind of just pick up where things left off. Okay, Dr. Faye. So you believe that forgiveness and repairing relationships could be possible in situations like this? Yeah, I think, you know, it kind of all depends on the person and kind of your foresight of like, is what was done like something where I'm going to forgive this person because I don't want to give space to the negative emotion I associate with them and what they did, but I, I don't want to to pursue further interaction with them anymore. Um, I think there's something, you know, very powerful in that forgiveness, I think is powerful for the person doing the forgiving, right? Because if you're still very much where that incident is very painful and it comes up and it's impacting your current relationships, I think that's when it's worth processing it and seeing if you could forgive that person so you can move on. Um, but I think sometimes there are things that people have done where you got to just say, you know, I'm, I'm going to move forward and this isn't going to hamper me going forward because I'm going to process it and forgive you for myself. But I, there, I don't see me being able to, to trust you again in that way. And so I think I'm just having to part ways and say, I, I hope for better things for you. Well, thank you for that, Dr. Dr. Faye. Myra, Danika, I'm interested in your take. Uh, what would you, what advice would you give from both a personal and professional perspective? And what are your thoughts on forgiveness moving forward, et cetera? Well, first off, if we're looking at the scenario and really thinking about it, this has nothing to do with the person that it happened to. It had a lot to do with her friend. So I think that the person that this happened to needs to give her friend some grace. Because if I'm being honest, yes, I've been in this situation. Yes, I've had a friend who, um, I won't disclose all her information, but I had a friend who something was happening in her life where typically people would be happy for her. And I was not because I wasn't unhappy for her necessarily, but I was unhappy that it wasn't happening for me. So I say all that to say um, that forgiveness is never about the other person. You don't have to forgive by talking to the other person. Forgiveness is within yourself. So what I would say is to really think about um, her friend's experience, be considerate of that, and think about how can you forgive to move forward. So although you might want to rekindle the friendship, that might not be what that person needs. It sounds like they have something else going on where they're hurting. So again, it's nothing. none of this is about you. It's all about her. So of course you want your friends to cheer you on and clap you on. But at the end of the day, if that's really your friend and you really care, you got to think about she has something going on yeah um yeah to add to that absolutely uh it's 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 not personal most of the times when we go through experiences that especially when we don't understand it's usually not about you uh, but at the end of the day i think i can see it from i've been in experiences where i've had friends actually tell me that they think that i'm too like too happy or too positive so they don't want to tell me stuff because they think it'll bring me down meaning if my friend if if my friend is going through an experience that is, you know, maybe in their life they're having a tough a tough time and they're looking at my life, they'll be more prone not to tell me what's really going on. So if I ask them, hey, how you doing? They'll be like, I'm fine. And really they like going through the most. And sometimes those friends have like slowly dipped off during those moments where they're not connecting with me anymore. 
And then to found out later, they're like, oh, it's because I thought that, you know, everything was going good with you and I didn't want to ruin it. So sometimes like friends think of like that, meaning that woman, she might've been like, I can't be around you because I know I'm going to mess up your happy moment. Um, is that right? Maybe, maybe not. Right. Um, I think we do what we can. And so if that, the, at the moment she must have done what she, what she could, that's the hope. The hope is that though, that we're working on ourselves where if my friend is happy, I've worked on myself enough where I know how to show up at least in a, even if it is not in a, uh, all in your face way, but at a, at least somewhat at a minimum, um, I'm hopeful that my, my friendships, I'm able to be vulnerable. So I would be hope, I would hope that I could communicate that with my friend of like, you know, right now I, I'm not going to lie. Like, this is hard for me to see you. This is something that I've wanted for a while. I love you. But right now it is hard for me to be happy for you. And as uh, that other friend, the hope is that they would be able to receive that and understand that their sister is, you know, going through this thing and that like this is natural. It's, it's, this is not like this unnatural thing for us to not want um, what others want necessarily or, you know, especially if you visualize that for yourself, too. Um, but I think that both sides, as more as much as we get to know ourselves, we handle things better. But I do think that she this could have been the best way at the moment that she could have handled it. And like Myra said, just because there's a forgiveness, it doesn't mean that you have to reconnect at all. So, yeah, that's a that's a tough one, though. Yeah, I I know. Like, I've had some tough situations happen before. Um, but, yeah, I would have felt some kind of way because it's like, oh, now that I'm married, you don't want to talk to me? Like, yeah, you want me to be over here lonely with you? Like, what is going on here? Like, But um, I love what you guys said because grace is important, right? Um, and I I have to work on that because I'm a I'm a champion grudge holder. Like, do something to make me mad. Do it twice. Do it a third time and you're, you're dead. You might not be dead, but you're dead to me. You feel me? Like, I, I have that <laughs> problem. I've been waiting on, I've been working on that problem. And so I've just been saying to myself a lot lately, let me give people the grace that I would want in the situation, right? Because how can I expect grace if I can't give grace, right? So that's really important um, to remember that. Okay, so I guess my question would be to all three of you, what, what do you say to people who you notice have a really hard time forming sisterhoods or interpersonal relationships with other people? And so like people who maybe they haven't noticed that like all of, like, maybe they might be the common denominator. Maybe they don't know, or maybe it's just they consistently are having these catastrophic types of ends to various types of relationships. Oh, I would put a plug in for therapy. <laughs> I think anytime, um, if you can notice that an area of your life is consistently not where you want it to be, I think that's always, I mean, everybody should get therapy at baseline, but I think that's also a sign that, hey, maybe there's something I'm missing. Like, if, if you're trying things and you feel like you it's something that's important to you and you've made efforts, but they're just not coming to fruition, I think it's important to have somebody um, who, who has no other, you know, motives, but to be helpful and supportive. I think, you know, friends are great. Family is great. Um, but it's hard not to have a kind of an agenda or bias when it's somebody, you know, somebody that you're close to. And so kind of having that third party who's got the training. Yeah, me too. I think that I would add the, I think the 
the piece of like groups too. Like, so going along with like therapy, a lot of times we think of individual therapy, but there are like group therapy, um, like programs out here that therapists offers and other professionals. And I think sometimes people are, are kind of like not ready for individual therapy. So group therapy kind of helps to like build this community and see that like, you know, the start the kind of process to be able to talk about their own thoughts and feelings and vulnerabilities and stuff. So I would add like group therapy too. I appreciate you saying the vulnerable piece because I feel like a big part about sisterhood is stepping into that vulnerability and being okay with that. I feel like this is something that, you know, we typically leave out or struggle with because it's difficult to open up to people in that way. So I think for me, what I've done is, you know, just do it just a little bit over and over until I feel fully comfortable with fully being vulnerable and expressing myself because Brene Brown talks about vulnerability hangover and the feelings that we have after being vulnerable with others. So it's important to be mindful of that, but also to challenge ourselves to step into that space because we literally never know what comes from and you literally never know what friendships might bloom and blossom from you being vulnerable and connecting with others. I like that because sometimes it's, it's great to have fun with other people, right? You can have a lot of fun with people if there's music and there's dancing, but when all that stuff is going to actual relating, can be difficult and relating with people is not easy. There's not always a fun beat behind it. Like sometimes people get on your nerves. I found that out this morning. I took my deep breaths and I worked through it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's all people. That's not just your sisters. That's not just, um, <laughs> it's not, not just your family, but it's all relationships that they're, they're difficult. But I think through that difficulty, we grow right? We become better people. And I think that when people say, well, that's why I say to myself, like nobody is an island. And I don't think you truly evolve without having relationships as a person. So my next question to you all would be, what are some ways that you guys have become better sisters to your sisterhood in your hoods? How have y'all become better sisters? And uh, what advice would you give to people who are looking to be better friends and just to, to relate with people better? I think for me, it's been about being mindful of how I navigate relationships. So when I say that, I think that um, thinking about, in my head, I've kind of labeled my friends. Um, so I have a friend who I'll go to if I need to cry about something. I have a friend I need to go to for X, Y, and Z things. And I think for me, it's all about thinking about how I navigate those friendships. You know, if I'm dumping a lot on one friend, am I making sure that I'm reciprocating that? Um, and I think also creating space for my friends to make sure that they, you know, feel safe with me, whether that be inviting them over, checking in on them. I think that for me, I've been pushing myself to just go a little extra mile because I noticed my friends do that for me. And I feel like they do that for me because I try to do that for them. So being mindful of just how I take up space and being mindful of the space that I let my friends take up because boundaries are important. But at the same time, like you got to take up space in each other's lives for them to feel a part of your life at the same time. Yeah, For me, I think that like it's been a lot of communication. Um, I, I like to talk anyways, and I'm a very curious person. But communication is seeing like, like literally asking those questions, like, like I know Myra knows cause I have this connection with my friends who are like close to me. I'll be feeling like something's wrong. And I feel like I used to just kind of hold on to it and put it to the side, but now I just ask like, hey, are you okay? I got this little feeling, um, which is me being vulnerable and it's me communicating. Uh, but it also is showing that like, you know, I'm here. 
sometimes it's off, but most of the time it's right. Uh, <laughs> most of the time it's right. So I think for me, it's been like improving my communication. Of, and then also, like Margaret said, you have like these different friends, like recognizing that my friends do need different things. And so kind of like those love languages thing, just because I show up for one friend this way, it doesn't mean like the other one needs that. Um, so communication and, you know, being able to show up the way they need me to and what they want me to versus how I want to all the time. So just making sure that, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm terrible about long distance communication. I've been, I'm always saying that I need to be better about calling people um, and kind of, moving beyond acknowledging that that's a flaw I have to actually um, act to do better. So one of the things this year I've been really trying, I was like, you know, if it takes you having to like keep a calendar or like put it in your schedule, then do that because you care about those relationships. And so making sure that, you know, distance or people being on a different schedule isn't something that lets those relationships kind of flounder. Um, but I think mostly it's just been me thinking more about, you know, can I put out what I want to receive? So not always waiting to be the person to receive it first before I then put out. I've definitely got a lot to consider. I've definitely got a lot more things to talk about on the show. Just from hearing you queens talk, I'm so, 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 so proud of you all to have you as professionals to take the time to come on the show to take the time to impart your wisdom and then just having black women in a space where we were not traditionally i'm just so proud and i thank you for all that you do so in the spirit of the black women's healing podcast i would love to play a random game if you guys don't know the black women healing podcast actually they do a random scenario at the beginning of each of their episodes so i'm gonna bite a little bit and we're going to end up this interview with a random game of would you rather so would you ladies rather have one good friend it's your ride or die your ace and you don't have any other friends or would you have like a thousand friends but some of them are shady some of them are okay and you know kind of in between you guys let me know your answers Myra go first I am going to pick I would rather have a lot of friends and they can be shady because I'm going to teach them how to be a good friend to me I was like come on sister come on sisterhood I would probably say it depends on the, the time of my life because sometimes I have time to work through it and sometimes I don't Overall, most of the time I feel like I do protect my peace. So I probably would say the one good friend, one that's going to protect my peace and I'll just take it. But it depends on what's going on in my life. I might take the other few. I think in the best case scenario, I don't do well with a whole lot of friends. I don't tend to manage a large friend group well. So I would take one really good friend. Ooh, okay. I guess that means it's my turn. One good friend is worth like a thousand friends. But also, after listening to you all talk today, I feel like you get more out of life when you are challenged through relationships. So more relationships equals more. I'm a... Okay. See? This is what's going on in my head right now. Let me hurry up. We ain't got all day. I'm going to just go ahead and pick a lot of friends. Because like some of them could be good. 
yeah, I'm gonna go with a lot of friends. Okay, it's been a minute. We've been talking for a minute. For me, it just it just rolled right through. And I hope it's the same for everyone listening. I definitely want to hear about what you have going on. So just tell me about what you have going on. Let the people know how they can connect with you, stay in touch, and what they can look forward to through connecting with you. Yeah, so I'll say, you know, I am still a resident psychiatrist in training, so I I don't see any private patients right now. I only see people through my training program. So if you happen to be in St. Louis, I might see you as a provider. Um, I do want to put a plug in for a fellow Black woman psychiatrist who's very prominent on social media, Ask Dr. Jess. I really, she does a lot of lives, a lot of really good engagement through social media. So I will plug her as somebody who's really excellent to follow. I started my own type of sisterhood because again, like I share, I don't have any sisters. And I feel like oftentimes young girls, they struggle with feeling connected to others. So you can find me at Sim Scholar, S-E-M Scholar. And then me and Danica also have a podcast, but I'll have Danica share about that. I do want to plug, I just launched a journal. I'm trying to hit 100 copies, so y'all, I finally hit 85, so I'm hoping to hit my 100, and this journal helps with even thinking about sisterhood and processing all the things that life throws at us, so check that out, it's called Senses of Self, and it can be found on Amazon. Danica, I'll let you share about the podcast. Okay, cool, so yeah, as Marbury was saying, um, we co-host a podcast called Black Women Healing Podcast, women is spelled with a X, W-O-M-X-N. We're like on all platforms, so Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're pretty much everywhere, and we usually release episodes every Monday, Um, and uh, pre-COVID, we had like more like in-person interaction, so we're still working on that, stuff is starting to open, but one thing that we did release recently as well is a, um, it's a workbook, it's called Let's Heal, a workbook designed for black women with various modalities. You can find it on Amazon. If you, even if you just put Let's Heal, you put Danica and Myron, it'll pop up. Um, we've been doing really well as far as like uh, the copies being sold um, as two. And you can find us on Instagram at BWH underscore pod. In that link tree, you'll find all the links to everything. As far as me personally, um, you know, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Right now, I am booked, but I do have an ongoing waiting list. And so if you do want to connect with me, even further than just like individual therapy, you, you know, maybe want me to uh, join you all for like such a, a podcast or whatever it is, I am available for that. And you can reach me at dbcomforttherapy at gmail.com. Um, that's where you can, you know, get links to me. You know that you can find everything that was mentioned in today's conversation in the show notes, all the links to stay connected with our queens that came and graced the mic today. Make sure you follow them. Make sure you support Black Women's Healing Podcast. If you were interested in therapy or you wanted to know more, make sure you check out the podcast for sure, Black Women's Healing Podcast. Also, Therapy for Black Girls. There are so many resources now to help you find a great therapist, great psychiatrist, great professionals as well too. I just want to thank everybody for listening today and I really walked away with a lot. There's so much to process after listening to these three women who they're also parts of various sisterhoods and organizations and they've made relationships with a lot of different people. They help people work through interpersonal relationships challenges and trauma what i took from this is there's so many buzzwords right 
trauma, vulnerability. We hear all that. But what these queens provided us was nuance. I heard them talk about how to be vulnerable. We hear about the importance of vulnerability, but Myra, Danica, and Dr. Faye, they all took the time to give us explicit examples about how they are vulnerable, how they are becoming better sisters, how some of these traumas impact our ability to relate with other people. So it went past the buzzword for me and it went into the doing, the application. How can I be a better sister? And I got a lot from it, okay? And I hope you did too. So sis, next week, we're gonna talk about sisterhood and accountability with one of my friends. And she's an all around friend, but she definitely makes me look in the mirror and be accountable. It's always a lot of love and motivation and caring behind it, but no. She ain't gonna let me get away with just anything. And with that, we've reached the end of our episode, sis. I hope that reciprocity, love, peace, grace, forgiveness, and understanding ebb and flow into your life. I hope that it takes you up and takes you over and baptizes you like the water, okay? Until next time, peace.